May only the truth be spoken here and only the truth be received. We pray this in Jesus' name. Well, as we've heard earlier in this sermon series, Ezekiel was called to prophesy to Judean exiles in Babylon towards the end of the 6th century BC. For close to two decades, he challenged them to return to God, admit their sin, repent of their wickedness, and start walking in God's ways. In today's reading, Ezekiel zeroes in, offering a scathing, particular assessment of Israel's shepherds, a common metaphor for leaders throughout Scripture. And while Ezekiel was critiquing both the royal and priestly leaders of Israel, as a seminary preparing leaders for today's church, we too should pay particular attention to Ezekiel chapter 34. As I sat down to write this sermon, the story gripping every major news outlet was the historic gathering of the Vatican for uh, the addressing of sexual abuse of children, nuns, and seminarians by Roman Catholic bishops and priests. The sordid details of molestation, degradation, and rape were laid bare for the world to read. For the better part of a week, the TV cameras were focused on grown men and women weeping with the memory of things done to them decades ago. But the Catholics weren't the only ones making headlines. The Southern Baptists were also reported to be facing sexual assault charges brought against senior pastors and youth pastors by 700 victims from across the United States. The words of Ezekiel 34 ring out. Thus says the Lord God, Ah, you shepherds, who have been feeding yourselves. You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the sheep. What were these pastors, priests, and bishops thinking? How could this happen? Well, it's an age-old story, really. Leaders using their positions of authority and trust to satiate their sexual appetites. But of course, these are not the only appetites church leaders have satisfied. There have been a string of stories over the past decade exposing the appetites of megachurch pastors, appetites for mansions, private jets, huge salaries. Then just this past month, an all-expenses-paid big-game hunting trip was revealed to be on the menu for one celebrity pastor in Chicago. You have been feeding yourselves, cries out Ezekiel. Closer to home, there is the travesty of church-run residential schools many surrounded by the unmarked graves of children who died there. Some, we now know, died of starvation or beatings or lack of medical attention. The schools leave behind a legacy of generational trauma, stolen identity, lost language, 
broken family ties, to say nothing of all the rest that happened there. This past September, I had a breakfast with a man who was escorted to one of these schools when he was just six years old. You have not strengthened the weak. You have not healed the sick. You have not bound up the injured, says Ezekiel. Closer still, this chapter has words of judgment for leaders of many ordinary churches dotting North America in our time. Many of our churches have grown almost completely huddled. Many of the pastors and priests have become so focused on caring for the remaining flock and just trying to keep the doors open that they long ago gave up any expectation that the church might reach out with the gospel to even the people living in the houses within a half a block of their church buildings. Close to 80% of the Canadian population now has no connection to a community of faith and little to no understanding of Christian teaching. The people ticking the no religion box on the census are the fastest growing sector in Canadian society today. Yet most Christians fail to share the faith with anyone and most churches are failing to connect with unchurched people around them. Ezekiel's words ring out again. You have not brought back the strayed. You have not sought the lost. The lost. It's a term rarely spoken from our pulpits today, and yet there is so much evidence of lostness around us. And it is into the muck and misery of all of this that we hear the terrifying words spoken in verse 9, thus says the Lord God, I am against the shepherds. I will demand my sheep at their hand. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths so that they may not be food for them. But thank God. Then come the beautiful words of Ezekiel 34. I will rescue them from all the places they have scattered. I will bring them out from the peoples. I will feed them with good pasture. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak. I will feed them with justice. This, too, is an age-old story, isn't it? God himself doing what we fail to do. But one surely has to ask, is there no end to God making, having to make right what we've made wrong? And what about the terrible carnage done by the bad shepherds along the way? Especially as Christians, as the church which claims to follow the Good Shepherd... What went wrong? What keeps going wrong among some Christian leaders? Well, Ezekiel 34 certainly paints a stark picture of the spiritual and moral bankruptcy of some shepherds, but this chapter also highlights three points that, if remembered, will prevent a pastor or priest going down that path.
Firstly, remember that you are the shepherd, not the owner of the sheep. But remember, too, that there is an owner. These sheep belong to the Lord God Almighty. The more aware you are of his power, his majesty, his holiness, the better you will remember your proper role. Secondly, remember that God has called you and entrusted you with this role of shepherding, with the care and nurture of his sheep. You are to guide, protect, feed, strengthen, go searching for, and tend to them. This role is not a right, but a privilege. Thirdly, and most importantly, remember that your role as a shepherd is to be subservient to and patterned after the very definition of good shepherding that God himself has shown us. Verse 23 says, I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David. Of course, Ezekiel lived 400 years after David. He was not predicting a resurrected King David. He was pointing to the coming Messiah, the Christ. This is also who Isaiah referred to when he wrote, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. The one truly good shepherd This is exactly what we see in Jesus' ministry. Matthew's Gospel records this. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. This Messiah promised in Ezekiel is actually who Jesus claimed himself to be when he said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. What this means for us as pastors and people training to be pastors is this. The only way for us to shepherd as God would have us shepherd is to offer ourselves, body, mind, and soul, to the Messiah, the good shepherd, who promises extraordinarily to come and live in us, to guide, correct, strengthen, and heal us. There is no other way to do this task. We need to give ourselves every day to Christ, to be formed in him. I doubt that a single one of those Catholic priests or Baptist pastors set out at the start of their ministry to do such harm. Somewhere along the way, they became disconnected from the only one who shepherds exactly as his heavenly Father desires. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the one to be yoked to. He is the one to study. He is the one to love. The closer we draw to him, the more clearly we will see our own deficiencies, of course, and there will be deficiencies. None of us will get it completely right. You will undoubtedly make some significant mistakes yourself, 
And this is why we have confession, repentance, and the acceptance of our Lord's forgiveness. But the more we give over to him, the better we will be as shepherds of his flock, who, as motley a crew as they are, headbutting each other frequently, they are also the light of the world. And at the end of time, says John's revelation, Jesus will bring himself, bring time itself, to its full consummation and make things finally right. Revelation 7, for the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of the water of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. In agreement, Ezekiel so beautifully records God's words, I will make with them a covenant of peace. I will make them a blessing. I will send down the showers in their season. They shall be showers of blessing, and they shall know that I, the Lord their God, am with them. You are my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, says the Lord God. Let's now go and shepherd according to the way of the good shepherd for the sake of the world that he loves. Amen.